This is the Bible in one year, day 67. But during one of the severe potato famines in Ireland, a number of families wrote letters to their landlord saying that they had absolutely no money at all to pay their rent and begged to be let off all their debts. The Irish landlord was Canon Andrew Robert Fawcett, born near Enniskillen, County Fermar, Ireland in 1821. Canon Fawcett wrote back to his tenants. He said it was quite impossible to let them off their debts. It was set a bad precedent. They had to pay every single penny. But, he wrote, I enclose something that might help you. In contrast to so many of the other landlords, he sent a cheque for a very large sum of money, which far more than covered all their debts. Their hearts must have leapt with joy when they saw the word, but. But is a powerful word when facing trouble, tests and temptations. Psalm 31 Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction and my bones grow weak. Because of all my enemies, I am the utter contempt of my neighbours and an object of dread to my closest friends. Those who see me on the street flee from me. I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery, for I hear many whispering, terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. But I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Let me not be put to shame, Lord, for I have cried out to you. But let the wicked be put to shame and be silent in the realm of the dead. Let their lying lips be silenced, for with pride and contempt they speak arrogantly against the righteous. In trouble, but... I trust in you. No one can go through life without facing troubles. If David's example is anything to go by, anyone in a position of leadership will face more than most. David was in trouble. With grief, my eye is weakened, also my inner self and my body. He was facing spiritual, mental and physical challenges. He faced distress, sorrow, grief, anguish, groaning, affliction, illness, enemies, contempt from his neighbours, brokenness, terror, conspiracy and plots. Yet, in the midst of all this, he's able to say, But I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. He trusts in God's unfailing love. Sometimes, when things are going wrong, it's hard to believe that God really does love you. But he does. David cries out for help because he trusts that God will deliver him. It's in the tough times that the object in which you trust is really put to the test. But, as Henry Ford wrote, 
when everything seems to be against you, remember that the airplane takes off against the wind, not with it. Trust that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Lord, in all the challenges that lie ahead, help me to trust in you. My times are in your hands. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Let me not be put to shame, Lord, for I have cried out to you. New Testament, Mark 14. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, Even if all fall away, I will not. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, Today, yes, tonight, before the cock crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you and all the others said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground, and prayed that, if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, 
the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. In tests, yet not what I will, but what you will. Sometimes you may face difficulties in life, not because you're doing something wrong, but because you're doing something right. All of us will face tests, trials, and temptations in life. You're not alone. Jesus himself never did anything wrong, yet he faced greater tests, trials, and temptations than anyone in human history. First, disloyalty. Loyalty is a wonderful quality. Loyalty of friends and colleagues is encouraging, upbuilding, and reassuring in times of troubles, trials, and temptation. Disloyalty is gutting. Jesus had spent three years with twelve people he loved, lived with, and had trained. Yet he had to say to them, One of you will betray me. It's horrible to be betrayed by an enemy or an acquaintance, but to be betrayed by a friend is almost unbearable. Second, disappointment. Not only did one of the disciples betray him, all the rest fell away. Again, this must have been a huge disappointment to Jesus. These were his closest friends. Yet in the time of trial, they all fell away. Even the one who was such a strong leader, Peter, although Peter was absolutely determined not to deny Jesus, he did eventually disown him. Third, distress. As Jesus approaches the terrible moment, he's deeply distressed and troubled. His soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Fourth, death. We looked previously at the Old Testament background, to the cup of God's wrath against sin. As he passes around the cup, he says, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Later on in Gethsemane, he prays, Take this cup from me. In addition, poured out for many echoes Isaiah 53, because he poured out his life unto death. Jesus knew he was facing unimaginable suffering, taking the sin of the world on his shoulders and shedding his blood for us. Again, to understand this fully, we need to refer to the Old Testament background. In our Old Testament passage for today, twice we read that the life of a creature is in the blood. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. In other words, it's life for life. Jesus gave his life for us. Every time you take the bread and the wine in communion, meditate on his great love, his sacrifice, and his death for you. Receive again his forgiveness, mercy, grace, and favor. Dedicate your life again to him and say, Yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus, facing disloyalty, disappointment, distress, and death, puts his trust in his loving Heavenly Father and says, Yet not what I will, but what you will. He knows that God is his perfect Father, whom he can address as Abba, Father, an intimate way of addressing him, almost like Daddy or Papa. He knows that God is all-powerful. In many ways, he wants to escape this cup. However, he trusts that God knows best and is willing to submit to his will. It is the supreme example for us when we are fearful of what lies ahead. The contrast between Jesus and his disciples would be amusing were it not for the context. They were not facing anything like what he was facing, but they cannot even keep awake to support him in prayer. They keep falling asleep. I must say I sympathize with them. I often find it hard to stay awake. 
Jesus says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I have to confess, this is often true of me in the face of the challenge to pray more. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Thank you, Father, that I too can address you as Abba and put my trust in you. For all the plans that lie ahead, I pray, not what I will but what you will. Help me to put your will above my own. Old Testament, Leviticus 17 and 18. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to Aaron and his sons and to all the Israelites and say to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Any Israelite who sacrifices an ox, a lamb, or a goat in the camp or outside it, instead of bringing it to the entrance to the tent of meeting to present it as an offering to the Lord in front of the tabernacle of the Lord, that person shall be considered guilty of bloodshed. They have shed blood and must be cut off from their people. This is so that the Israelites will bring to the Lord the sacrifices they are now making in the open fields. They must bring them to the priest, that is, to the Lord, at the entrance to the tent of meeting, and sacrifice them as fellowship offerings. The priest is to splash the blood against the altar of the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting, and burn the fat as an aroma, pleasing to the Lord. They must no longer offer any of their sacrifices to the goat idols to whom they prostitute themselves. This is to be a lasting ordinance for them, and for the generations to come. Say to them, Any Israelite or any foreigner residing among them who offers a burnt offering or sacrifice and does not bring it to the entrance to the tent of meeting to sacrifice it to the Lord must be cut off from the people of Israel. I will set my face against any Israelite or any foreigner residing among them who eats blood and I will cut them off from the people. For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Therefore I say to the Israelites, none of you may eat blood, nor may any foreigner residing among you eat blood. Any Israelite or any foreigner residing among you who hunts any animal or bird that may be eaten must drain out the blood and cover it with earth, because the life of every creature is its blood. That is why I have said to the Israelites, You must not eat the blood of any creature, because the life of every creature is its blood. Anyone who eats it must be cut off. Anyone whether native-born or foreigner, who eats anything found dead or torn by wild animals, must wash their clothes and bathe with water, and they will be ceremonially unclean till evening. Then they will be clean. But if they do not wash their clothes and bathe themselves, they will be held responsible. Leviticus chapter 18 the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites, and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You must not do as they do in Egypt where you used to live, 
and you must not do as they do in the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you. Do not follow their practices. You must obey my laws, and be careful to follow my decrees. I am the Lord, your God. Keep my decrees and laws, for the person who obeys them will live by them. I am the Lord. No one is to approach any close relative to have sexual relations. I am the Lord. Do not dishonor your father by having sexual relations with your mother. She is your mother. Do not have relations with her. Do not have sexual relations with your father's wife. That would dishonor your father. Do not have sexual relations with your sister, either your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she was born in the same home or elsewhere. Do not have sexual relations with your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter. That would dishonor you. Do not have sexual relations with the daughter of your father's wife born to your father. She is your sister. Do not have sexual relations with your father's sister. She is your father's close relative. Do not have sexual relations with your mother's sister, because she is your mother's close relative. Do not dishonor your father's brother by approaching his wife to have sexual relations. She is your aunt. Do not have sexual relations with your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. Do not have relations with her. Do not have sexual relations with your brother's wife. That would dishonor your brother. Do not have sexual relations with both a woman and her daughter. Do not have sexual relations with either her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter. They are her close relatives. That is wickedness. Do not take your wife's sister as a rival wife and have sexual relations with her while your wife is living. Do not approach a woman to have sexual relations during the uncleanness of her monthly period. Do not have sexual relations with your neighbor's wife and defile yourself with her. Do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Moloch, for you must not profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Do not have sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman. That is detestable. Do not have sexual relations with an animal and defile yourself with it. A woman must not present herself to an animal to have sexual relations with it. That is a perversion. Do not defile yourselves in any of these ways, because this is how the nations that I am going to drive out before you became defiled. Even the land was defiled, so I punished it for its sin and the land vomited out its inhabitants. But you must keep my decrees and my laws. The native-born and the foreigners residing among you must not do any of these detestable things. For all these were done by the people who lived in the land before you, and the land became defiled. And if you defile the land, it will vomit you out as it vomited out the nations that were before you. Everyone who does any of these detestable things, such persons must be cut off from their people. Keep my requirements, and do not follow any of the detestable customs that were practiced before you came, and do not defile yourselves with them.
I am the Lord your God. In temptation, but you. The Israelites were facing great temptation because of the sexual immorality and activities of the people around them. However, God spoke to his people about the way they were to live. But you must keep my decrees and my laws. I heard this true story. A woman was asked, what's the best thing about being 104 years old? She replied, no peer pressure. There's often a temptation to conform to peer pressure and follow the standards of those around us. One area where there is great pressure to conform is sexual morality. In this context, God says to his people, don't live like the people of Egypt where you used to live. Don't live like the people of Canaan where I'm bringing you. Don't do what they do. Obey my laws and live by my decrees. I am your God. Like the ancient Israelites, we live in a culture that has very different sexual ethics to God's. God wants you to safeguard his wonderful gift of sex and not get enticed into following those around you. Be careful to follow God's ways. If you do, far from missing out, you will actually find life. The person who obeys God's decrees and laws will live by them. God's people are called to be different. St. Paul wrote, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. This call to be different goes right back to the earliest days of God's people. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul lists some of the activities, including sexual activities, that Christians had been involved in before their conversion. Again, he uses this powerful word, but. But you, he says, were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Therefore, you are to live differently. Lord, help me not to conform to the standards of those around me. Rather, help me to keep your decrees and your laws. Help me to honour you with my whole being, with my body, mind and heart. Pepper adds, Back in Mark 14, we see that the disciples, leader and friend, Jesus, had just told them he was desperate. They didn't get it. I would like to think I would do better but I probably wouldn't. The spirit is often willing, but the flesh is very weak, and sometimes the spirit isn't even willing. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit did change the disciples, and he can change me.